the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's calling, wake up time. It's your time to shine. You were born for such a time as this. Such a time as this. If God doesn't appoint you, man will destroy you. And he said, he told him that prayer was, please God, make me famous. You can do anything you want. Just make me famous. And then Perry said, three weeks later, I got the job for friends. And if I could, I would have said, the devil can make you famous, Matt. Did you know that? The devil can make you famous. All these artists out there in Hollywood, the devil can make you famous. It's a dark industry. He just promotes the darkness. Look at, look at this. Look at how many people have drifted from their roots. Thank you for joining us here at Westside Christian Fellowship, located in Leona Valley, California, one hour north of Los Angeles. Today on Regaining Lost Ground, we hear the fourth part of this powerful message from Pastor Shane titled, Satan Cast Out, A Woman, A Child, A Dragon. 1 John 5.4 tells us that for whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Today, Pastor Shane encourages every Christian to charge the gates of hell, that through Christ, we are all more than conquerors. Take hold of the awesome power of God's Spirit and live in victory today, all for the glory of King Jesus. You can hear the whole message at Pastor Shane's YouTube and Rumble channels. Make sure to subscribe today. For more information, visit us online at westsidechristianfellowship.org. We also encourage you to hear more truth from Pastor Shane with the Idleman Unplugged weekly podcast. And now, from Westside Christian Fellowship in Leona Valley, California, here's Pastor Shane Idleman. You can't get more graphic than that. Out of his mouth goes a sword to strike, to devour, and he rules the nations. Just, it just, it, it, this is what is interesting. And he rules the nations like a graceful dove. Do you know what a rod of iron is? Have you ever been spanked with wood? Remember, you can't do it nowadays, but back in the old days. I remember we lived out in the uh, almond orchards in Quartz Hill. They would just, whatever, whatever twig, whatever twig is on that, that, that almond tree. Right, get over here. Bam, 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 bam. Today, you can't do that kind of stuff. And we wonder why our schools look like zoos. The problem is a very small fraction of people would be abusive. So they threw the baby out with the bathwater and get rid of any type of discipline. And now we've got millions of just uncontrollable uh, and it falls directly on, on our shoulders. The lamb becomes a lion. Says he's going to rule the nations with a rod of iron. So this is for those, you know, a lot of people don't believe in a thousand year literal millennial reign of Christ. But verses like this tend to make you think, okay, so when is he going to rule? Think about it. If, if he's just coming back 
We're all judged heaven and hell. It's the end of story. But He's actually going to come back and rule and reign and judge. And those will, of us will rule with Him, the Bible says. So as complicated as it is, it seems like, and there's a, a lot of divinic promises, a lot of promises about Jesus that haven't been fulfilled yet in that sense. He's going to come back and devour his enemies and, and rule them. And, and then it goes on to say about the, about this millennial reign, if, it, if there is one, seems to be that there is, that there are going to be dogs and, and thieves and covet and cowards outside of the city gates. But Jesus and, and children will die at a hundred instead of a young. So like, what do you do with all those things? You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. We're going to try to, God willing, unpack those as we keep going. But I told Abram, this is the hardest book of the Bible I've ever taught through. Because I like to be clear. You know, I like to be crystal clear. This is what, this is what's happening. Not like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Well, that seven stars and a dragon and, and wow. And wow. Okay. Flying saucers and aliens and all kinds of things. She, she bore a male child who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Basically, tell them I'm coming and hell's coming with me is what's happening when Jesus returns. Jesus said it before tombstone. That's where you recognize it, right? And her child was caught up to God and his throne. So this has to be Jesus. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she had a place prepared by God that they should feed her 1,260 days. So we see here the ascension. He is currently sitting at the right hand of the Father, but like I said earlier, wait until He stands up. And that's what we're going to get to as we keep reading here. Rule the nations. He's going to rule the nations. That's a future fulfillment. And it may appear that this represents the tribulation time, but Israel is preserved. And again, when we talk about the tribulation, you talk about the end times and the what, what people do is they pull in these texts, this text, they go to Daniel, I believe chapter nine, they'll get Matthew, the end of Matthew, and they'll get some of Ezekiel 38 and 39, Magog and Gog, and, and they try to pull in this whole, you know, end time scenario. And that's why it's, it's challenging because you have to pull in a lot of different things. But as we're, as we're living, we can see a lot of this unfolding. I mean, if you look, if you read, if you read theologians a hundred years ago, you know, they have, they had a hard time explaining how the whole world would see two witnesses or how they, oh, I don't know, a mark that where you can't buy or sell. How's that going to, that's not going to affect. I mean, we're that close, aren't we? Have you been following the World Health Organization and, and how Biden decided to maybe give up some of our sovereignty, which means if there's another uh, pandemic, we're under their sovereign control in the area of medical emergencies. And you can't, do, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just right there, right there. For people who can't see the, the historical accuracy of the Bible is alarming. But again, remember, they can't see it because what? Blinders are on, spiritually blind. It can be right in front of you, but they are spiritually blind. They don't want to see it. They are arrogant. They are blasphemers. And then this could be when Satan is thrown out of heaven. We go on in verse 7. And war broke out in heaven. Wait a minute. I thought heaven was nice and relaxing and... But you have to remember something in the Bible. You, you, we have to dig deep on certain terms. Did you know there's the word for hell? Sheol, Gehenna, 
Um, what's the other one? New Testament. Uh, there's... Oh, Hades. Yes. But like Sheol in the Old Testament would be a place of, of just the dead where they go, the underworld. And then there's a place of, of hell later, of torment. Of je- and so you have different words. And so sometimes if we're not careful, we can put a certain word in what we think is happening, but what's not happening. And one of those words is heaven. Heaven, what we're looking forward to to be with God. But how was Satan in heaven? How? Well, remember, he still had access to God. So heaven was a place, the Bible makes it clear, where God dwells in a more profound and powerful way. Although he's everywhere, there's there's a place where God is there in a more, more profound and powerful way it appears. So he's also saying that war broke out in heaven. We don't know exactly when. Some say this could have been back at creation during the fall. Others say this is coming up. And Michael and his angels fought with the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought. But they did not prevail. You will never, ever, 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 ever see in the Bible where the enemy prevails against God. Never. The only time was when Jesus said, hey, you're taking me, I'm going to the cross, this is your hour. This is your hour, darkness is raining, but just, just give it a few, let's see here, give it a few days. So you, it, it, he never prevails, he's, he's, he's always fighting. Now not only did he not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Hmm. So again, the book of Revelation isn't always chronological. And like I said, this could have been the creation, this could be coming up, but let's keep reading. So the great dragon was cast out of heaven, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. And he was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. If I took a survey, maybe some of you would say that happened at creation. That's why we have the demonic realm. Others would say that's coming up. We just don't know exactly. But again, quoting got questions. Dot org, because this is so important. Satan was originally one of God's holy angels. Again, they believe what many teach. I don't doubt that. I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards that, but the Bible doesn't specifically say that. It's where we have to pull in certain things. He rebelled against God and was cast out of heaven in Luke 10.18. That was only the first stage of his judgment. Satan's kingdom was vanquished at the cross. A lot of times, we don't realize, and when I talk to people, they don't quite understand, something very, not only did salvation happen at the cross, something very, very um, important to the spiritual realm happened. Because Jesus actually went down, and people, I remember, I, don't, I haven't listened to her in 20 years, so don't judge me on this, but I remember Joyce Meyer caught a lot of heat when she said Satan went to hell, and, he did, and she retracted all that, she repented, but nobody seems to you know, care about that, they just like to... So anyway, but what he did, he it went down into the, remember I said Sheol, Haiti, and he went down there and he led captives, into capti- he led those out of captivity. So there was a holding place, it seems, possibly Abram's bosom, something, where he actually, where they're waiting, they're waiting the Messiah. They can't go because Jesus hasn't yet ascended. He's the first to ascend, the first to be resurrected. They're in this waiting time. 
So he goes and he sets them free. The keys to the kingdom. He's conquered hell, death, sin, and the grave. So Satan has no more authority in, 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 in like he used to have because it was broken at the cross. And it's interesting. And there's, 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 this could, I mean, this is a whole, this could be a whole sermon. You know, we're, they're waiting for the kingdom of God, waiting for the kingdom of God. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is in you. So all millennial uh, and, and people like that will use that to say God's kingdom is here. And their point, if you, if you flush it out and read, it's not, it's not that bad. Because Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. You're looking for outward signs, Pharisees, but the kingdom of God is within you. Jesus said it. So the only thing he can be talking about, obviously, as, as believers, we have the Holy Spirit. And so now Satan is fighting against the Spirit of God in believers. All of that, think about the cross, the ascension, the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit comes, that promise of the Father. And, he, and that's why he said, I held death and the grave I've overcome. Jesus uh, did that on, on, on the cross. So much happened. And then later, it looks like Satan will be bound in the abyss for 1,000 years. Revelation 20. And then he'll be cast into the lake of fire for eternity. And we'll get into the millennial reign of Christ. And um, I've said before, you know, the millennial, anytime the Bible talks about 1,000 years, it's always allegory. It's never literal. But when we get to, to, to this portion of Revelation, uh, it, it mentions a thousand years quite a few times in that one chapter. So that kind of makes you think, okay, maybe there is, you know, it's going to be a thousand years. Jesus is reigning. He's fulfilling his, why let Satan go again? And the, and they released him and he was able to go and and like, oh my goodness, just, just be done with this fool. So we're going to get to that millennial reign, what that looks like when we get to Revelation 20. But until his final judgment, Satan is the prince of this world. So he is the prince, but you know the king. Big difference between prince and a king. And I like the language they use because did you know a prince couldn't do, in, couldn't do whatever the king didn't want them to do? The prince was submitted to the king. He was like his butler. You have these how prince such and such. That's great, Princess Bride. But there's a king. So until his final judgment, Satan is the prince of this world. But it seems that he is still, he still has restricted access to the heavenly realm. Isn't that interesting? God, Satan still has access to the heavenly realm. And if that's the case, then what John is seeing here is going to happen at a later date. In Job 1.6, Satan stands in the presence of God. Did you know that? Reach Job chapter 1. It says the sons of God were going back and forth, talking to God, communicating with God. And Satan was there. How was that guy there? See, we start reading into things because we're we're putting the end of things too, too soon. He still has that access. There's a similar situation in 2 Chronicles where there was a lying spirit with God. And this lying spirit said, I'll go put a lying spirit into the prophets. 
And so we see Satan must have access. But since God is holy and absolutely without sin, and since he will not even look on evil, how can Satan be in heaven? Well, the answer involves God's sovereign sovereign restraint of sin. In Job, Satan stood before God to give an account of himself. God initiated the meeting. He led the proceedings and he remained absolutely in control. The result was Satan's power was limited and God was glorified. So here's here's some factors that we have to, to consider. Satan does not have open access to God whenever he wants. He is summoned. The visits are temporary. In no way is the purity of heaven tainted by the brief God-ordained presence of a sinful being being quarantined, as it were, by God's regulatory power. Again, gotquestions.org, because I can't write this well and explain things that well. Satan's access is only granted prior to the final judgment. After the judgment, God creates a new heaven and a new earth, wipes away all tears from our eyes, and reveals the new Jerusalem. And the promises are complete, and there is an absence of sin. So when we say God cannot allow sin into heaven, we simply mean that God cannot allow human beings who are still in their sin to live in His presence. But it is possible for God to command a sinful being to stand before Him, to exact an account from Him, and to judge Him without compromising His holiness. So I think the last question I have up there is, what will happen when you are summoned and are temporarily in His presence to give an account? That is more certain than anything. I believe in the Word of God more than the sun coming up, to be honest with you. And there will be a time when everyone is summoned to come and stand before God. Temporarily. If there's even in his presence temporarily and give an account. And here's a good way to know. Does this make you a little nervous? Does this, does this, does this make you pause a little bit and, and have concern with where your soul is at? So a couple things could be going on. Number one, even as believers, okay, I can, I, I can, I can be completely honest and transparent here. I, I am ready for this day because of what Jesus did for me. I'm, I'm not fearful necessarily, but I understand the awesomeness. So you can say, this is exciting, but there's also, oh, holy God. There's a, in my, in my flesh, in my humanity, I'm like, can, can you be certain but nervous? On my wedding day, I'm certain, but I'm nervous. So it's okay to feel a little, like I don't know anybody's like, oh man, I can't wait, this is going to be so cool. Maybe that's good, but also you understand the awesomeness of God. There's something that the flesh is, 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 can't handle. And so although I'm excited, although I know, Jesus, thank you, there's a awesomeness, that word comes from describing God. But there's others who, when they hear this, are just like, can we go to a different subject? You need to hear this. Maybe no one here this morning. I don't know. Definitely those listening later. But I have to be crystal clear on these points. 
Because we've never had a Sunday ever, 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 ever in the history of our church, ever, where everyone that was here last week was here this week. It's always switching, right? There's a lot of the same people, of course, but always switching, always new people. Did you know we can fluctuate from about 150 people, more or less, less than last Sunday or more than last Sunday? 150 more. Or then a couple weeks later, 100 less. It's like this constant, you know, sickness out of town. And so you never know. And you don't know because, you know, we want to be careful, but people go to the prayer room all the time. And we ask them, do you know Jesus? No, I need to do that. I need to get my heart right. I don't know him. And it's things like this that have to wake us up. And that's why I don't want to just give a a, a Kool-Aid message. There's no way in the world a true Bible preacher can make sinners feel comfortable every time they preach. That's actually the sign of a false prophet. And so you have to wonder, okay, when I stand and I'm summonsed to give an account, what am I going to, am I ready for that? Am I ready for that? Because you won't be able to answer, well, look at all the good works I did. See, look what Jesus did. And we don't know. We don't know, and I don't want to get... You know, because you have to be careful of the word uh, heresy. Heresy, heretical, comes from a self-willed opinion that opposes the truth. So I want to be careful. And I'm not saying this is Bible, but I can see. I would love to be standing before God and there's Jesus right next to me. Because He paid the price. That's why I'm gaining access to the Father into heaven. Now, I don't, I mean, I don't know, but I can't see him like, okay, Shane, good luck. Well, you know, he could be there with those. This is, I paid the price. So we don't read too much in it and teach it, but I, I can see, I don't think I'm just stark naked in front of God. Maybe, maybe we don't necessarily give an account because he's there. He gives the account. Because what am I supposed to say? Jesus, he, so it could be that Jesus is there with those who believe, leading them right into the throne room of grace. And it broke my heart this week when, you know, many of you know Matthew Perry's uh, passing, and I prayed for that group for a while. But they, they record him saying this a year ago, I think. I believe there is a higher power. I believe I have a very close relationship with him that has helped me a lot. Perry told uh, that famous theologian Bill Maher, should say that blasphemer. And in 2022, Perry revealed that the first time he prayed was when he was dealing with substance abuse. And they asked God to make him famous. He believed that fame might be the answer to his problems. Let me tell you right now, it creates more. If God doesn't appoint you, man will destroy you. And he said, he told him that prayer was, please God, make me famous. You can do anything you want. Just make me famous. And then Perry said, three weeks later, I got the job for friends. And if I could, I would have said, the devil can make you famous, Matt. Did you know that? The the devil can make you famous. All these artists out there in Hollywood, the devil can make you famous. It's a dark industry. He just promotes the darkness. Look at, look at this. Look at how many people have drifted from their roots. Katy Perry, Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus. How many of these people used to sing in church? Whitney Houston. What a voice on that lady. 
Golly, from heaven. Can you imagine her just belting out amazing grace? And But see, God, promote me. He's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You born was down as this. He's calling, wake up, child. It's your turn to shine. You've been listening to Regaining Lost Ground with Pastor Shane Eidelman. You can find more information at westsidechristianfellowship.org. That's westsidechristianfellowship.org. And for all the latest on what God is doing with His ministry here, please be sure to follow us on most social media platforms. Westside Christian Fellowship is located 60 miles north of Los Angeles in Leona Valley, California. Thank you again for listening to today's message of Regaining Lost Ground, where we are reminded daily, times change, truth does not. Regaining Lost Ground is sponsored by the generous supporters of the ministries of Westside Christian Fellowship. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.